And there goes the full-time whistle for yes. Green. Are promoted into League One as all the players have managed to storm onto the pitch. I've had a word with someone very special. I won't be breaking any copyright by telling you this. Yes. Derby, Sunderland, Ipswich. You're going to be eating hummus at the new lawn next season because Forest Green are in League One. Welcome to the Heavens Devils podcast, a Forest Green Rovers podcast by two Americans who don't know what they're talking about. My name is Nathan. This is Sean. Heavens Devils podcast. New season, new league, 2022-23. Will FGR glow up? Yes. Will the Heavens Devs grow up? No, no, <laughs> no so yeah, answer. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I wanted to channel my favorite, you know, shows growing up. Like, hey, the youth shows, the teens, the band gets back together and they learn life lessons. <laughs> but you and I, we know that's not never gonna happen. So that's right. New season, same dumbass. This is our third season, Shimmy. That's crazy. But anyway, mm. let me start off by saying we have by announcing we have a new, a few new partnerships this year actually. But I'm gonna start with the first one, uh, and I'll mention the others later. But off the top. We are presented by Settlement 84, an amazing eco-conscious and vegan apparel company who also happen to be Forest Green Rovers fans, Shimmy. Hey. So excited to work with them. That's right. They see Green Army. To Green better Army. the planet. Green Army. Green Army. And they're all they're on board with the other vegan rovers. Anyway, they seek to better the planet through the elimination of animal agriculture and non-renewable energy. Just like us, we are aligned on that. Every item they sell, they plant a tree, Shimmy. Um, so look, Shimmy, unless your name is... Tommy Beardshaw, you don't got him a leaf, or J.R. Smith. You need to wear a shirt in public. It's part of being a functioning member of society. It's true. So why not wear clothes that stand for so much good in the world? And they have some fire gear, Shimmy. I was looking at the plaid performance hoodies. I would rock those in a second. Anyway, awesome. check them out. I think we're going to collab with them on some merch and some charity work hey, as well. Hey. Uh, upcoming. Nice. But amazing company. Thank you for supporting the, the, the show, Settlement 84. You can find them at settlement84.com. That's settlement number eight, number four.com. Go buy some gear. All right, Shimmy, let's get into League One. Shimmy, League One debut just a couple days away. How are we feeling? Oh, man. Uh, a little bit nervous. Uh, I don't know. I'm sweating. I don't know if it's just because of the heat wave we've been experiencing in New York City. <laughs> but I'm excited for us. You know, I also felt a lot of nervousness when I see Ian Birchnell's name. Like I see when I see any sort of British name, I'm like, I know I have no idea how to pronounce this. <laughs> but I'm gonna same. I think <laughs> I think you nailed it though. Yeah, okay, I think you nailed it. Okay, I think yeah, I think it is Ian Birchnell. Uh, apologies if it's not, but um, uh, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see what Birch Ball is going to be like. Hey. How, how are we gonna play? You know, um, but it's just exciting, man. New season, a new challenge for us in League One. Uh, and just yeah. can, be, can be more excited with, you know, for us to take it on with a twinge of nervousness right there, too. That's right, man. And we're underdogs this year. It's going to be so fun being the underdogs. Uh, I was feeling so excited, Shimmy, like a kid leading up to Christmas, especially with all the new previews and predictions coming out, which we'll talk about later. But right now, Shimmy, I'm feeling <laughs> awful, Shimmy. I'm mm. feeling awful for two reasons. Or Shimmy. <laughs> well, that, that cough was actual. I'm feeling really sick, Jimmy. I'm like super sick. I know. It's not oh COVID. No. Yeah. Tested negative for COVID. Thankfully. thankfully. Yeah, dude. I feel awful. Yeah. I, I have not been sick since like 2019. Because, you know, we've been living in a COVID world where everyone's conscious about germs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been sick for like three years. And I forgot how much it sucks to be sick. Mm. So I feel terrible right now, Jimmy. I have no energy, no brain. 
Uh, but shimmy pod over everything. Yeah, I'm and that and that fits with our pod perfectly. No brain is in our wheelhouse, so you're that's you're right. perfectly so prepared for this pod. That's right. Listeners will hear no difference. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm persevering. This is my Jordan flu game shimmy. Hey. I think Michael Jordan had like 38 points during his flu game in the 1997 NBA Finals. I'll see shimmy if I can fire off 38 bad opinions in this episode. That's a really high opinion rate. So uh, let's. <laughs> Let's shoot for it, man. I'm, I'm ready to see. I'm ready to be odd. But, all right. Other reason I'm feeling down, Shimmy, is our guys, our pod brothers, Ollie and Lori from the pod on top of the hill, are taking a break from potting. Oh, man. Devastating news, Shimmy, because yeah. they were the, the FGR pod that actually delivered insightful and informed opinions, you know, unlike whatever it is we do. <laughs> uh, I listen to them every week. I listened to them long before we even thought of doing our, our stupid pod from the perspective of new international fans. So it's a bummer. I mean, and on that note, it was just so nice having, you know, the local perspective of two lifelong uh, FGR fans who are extremely well-spoken, extremely smart about football. So there's a massive void right now in the FGR pod world, yeah. Shimmy. But... Avoiding competency, at least. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but if no, no fear, if possible, if we can bribe them or trick them or kidnap them, we might get them on from time to time so we can get some sensical, you know, FGR analysis somewhere on the internet. Yeah, maybe we can uh, entice them with a Settlement 84 t-shirt or something <laughs> that they would have there to share. They would, they would have to share. Only one. We only give them <laughs> only one. one. <laughs> that they would trade <laughs> off. <pod>. Yep, <laughs> per pod. But, uh, man, uh, that is super sad. Because, like you said, I always feel like uh, Ollie and Lori were the yin to our yang, you know? Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, because they were just so in it, so embedded. Like you said, lifelong fans. We met their dads during our visit at the end of the season and just see the generational love for this club but we know that they're young and up and coming journalists they finished their programs they're trying to make it out there in the world Mm -hmm. um so we got to give them massive respect and yeah you know yes we if possible definitely gonna have them on because i i can't foresee a season without hearing their voices and like you said having uh something actually valid (laughs) and uh, somewhere out there in the fgr internet universe yeah to say um So, yeah, best of luck to them, man. So let's get into it, Shimmy. We have two great guests. Here's the agenda. First, we will get to know this team. We will get to know your 2022-2023 Forest Green Rovers. So many changes. So we will get ourselves acquainted with the new crew. We'll discuss some of the big concerns everyone has about the season. We'll discuss the season preview predictions and then make our own predictions and maybe even have a visit from the Wheel of Destiny. Uh, We will discuss... Oh, that's right. Get excited for that. We will discuss all the season preview predictions and then make our own predictions. Uh, so, <coughs> all right, cough break. After that, we head to our guy, Gabriel Sutton, the screaming eagle of League One, Gabriel Sutton, the king of the EFL, to hear why he is so optimistic about Forest Green and why anyone predicting relegation for us is an idiot. All right. And finally, we will get you ready for Saturday's opening match at the Mem against Bristol, uh, Bristol Rovers uh, with our guy, Mad Max Alderson, a.k.a. the Gasman from... The Bristol Rovers Gas Cast Podcast. So let's roll, baby. Let's get into this League One. Let's go. It is. Here we go. Two leagues in one, they say. Rich, massive teams at the top. Poorer, tiny teams at the bottom. How would we fare? Who is our team? Should we be terrified? Should we be excited? We lost three of our best players and our manager. But not to fear, Shimmy. Let's get to know our 2022-2023 Forest Green Rovers. Here we go. Uh, Starting with the attack, we bring back the real deal, Jameel Matt. Uh, and Josh March from last year. And, of course, the people's champ, Matty Stevens. But uh, he will be out with an ACL injury. Love those guys. But, Shimmy, we need more than just two forwards. We need attacking depth, Shimmy. Yeah. So here's the good news. We will bring in someone on loan before deadline day. That's the rumor. And Gabriel Sutton will tell you a little bit more about why 
he thinks we will grab a promising young Premier League talent. Um, but there's no question we do need to bring in another striker or two for depth. And also, if you listen to many of the pundits out there, they all doubt our boy Jamma and our boy Marchie's ability at this level. They aren't good enough for League One, they say. You hear that, Jamma? You hear that, March? You are good enough for this league. That's what they think. That's not what I think. That's what you think, Shimmy. Mm -mm. We disagree. Yes, we I, do. I think the doubt... I think the doubt, you know, the doubt on their ability right now just adds a little chip on their shoulders. I think they've both proven that when people doubt them, they are at their best. Nobody saw Jamma's ridiculous season two years ago prior to his pre, like, freak hand injury coming. Right. Unbelievable yeah. season. Last season, nobody saw his his incredible season coming before the Matty Stevens injury. Um, every year, people wonder if he's too old, and every year he proves them wrong. And Marchley, kind of similar. He was left for dead under Cooper a couple seasons ago, loaned out. We thought we'd never see him again in an FGR shirt. What does he do? He comes back last season, scores the goal that secures the league title. So I have faith in our amazing captain, Jamma, and Josh March, and I think we should support the boys, but I do think we have to, have to, have to bring in someone else on the attack. Two guys are not enough, especially when two guys who, who play such different styles. What do you think, Shimmy? Yeah, I mean, weirdly enough, when you said that Marchie was left for dead under Cooper, I, I pictured Mark Cooper driving a Mini Cooper over <laughs> Josh March. A la, you know, I know what you did last summer, but I know what they did this summer, and that's graft, yes. man. They graft. Yes. I mean, Maddie Stevens, like you said, was, I think, the key example. We know how hard he worked to come back. Um, and get back into the good graces last season. And his last uh, mm -hmm. preseason last year was incredible, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I know it's going to be a challenge, but I will never underestimate the work ethic of Jameel Matt, of Josh March, of someone like Maddie Stevens working to get back from injury. Yes. Um, so when you have that sort of commitment to your craft, to your job, um, success is going to come your way no matter how challenging it is. And I have faith. Uh, you know, and I do think Cristiano Ronaldo's looking for a team. So, uh, you know, you never you never know. You never know. But you never know. But there's a question. Would you would you completely break up the flow of this FGR team? Just like nobody knows <laughs> what to do anything if we got Cristiano Ronaldo. That's a great fan question, I think. I, I would I would take Ronaldo. <laughs> anyway. All right, moving on to the midfield. Here we go. We lost Ibu Adams. Uh, no doubt a very difficult loss considering he's a championship caliber player. Mm -hmm. But we do return big Ben Stevenson, who was outstanding last season for us. We return the bright young Scottish talent, Regan Hendry. And we have added Ibu's replacement, Armani Little, nickname coming soon. Armani Little, 25 years old, midfielder Ian Birchnell loves him. He came up from the National League, Southampton Youth Academy. Uh, listen to our guys, Ollie and Laurie, from the pot on top of the hill. They had a, a speaking of not being able to pronounce British things, <laughs> Torquay? 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 Is that how you say Torquay? Torquay? Torquois. 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 They had a Torquois <laughs> fan on yeah. who described him, who described Armani as brave. And Shimmy, you have to be brave with a name like Armani Little. It's like Johnny Cash, boy named Sue. You got to be tough with a name like Armani yeah. Armani Little. Yeah, Shimmy. Absolutely. He's one. Of, he's one of the best midfielders in, in the National League. But some potential negatives, Shimmy. In a game last year, he had already scored. That he had already scored in. He actually got booed by his own fans. So I don't understand what was up there. Mm. But after getting booed. That he actually scored the game-winning goal, uh, and then after he after he scored that game-winning goal, he sort of taunted the fans. So I don't know what's happened there. A little, maybe a little red flag. We don't know the whole story. Sure. But if Richard Hughes thinks he fits our culture, I trust that he fits with our culture. Yeah, you're right. Um, Richard Hughes has a, a really keen eye for good humans, right? Uh, exactly. And good professionals. 100%. So, so you know, like like you, Nathan, I don't doubt the professional side of it. 
But yeah, you know, hopefully, like you said, it was just a little blip, and uh, you know, he gets on, you know, swimmingly with our fan base. Yeah, that was that was that was wild. But yeah, I, I think he will. I think he will. We're a good fan base. Anyway, um, and I think we need a tough guy with a little edge to him, and maybe Armani Little is that guy. Anyway, we've also added Digga. David Davis, the 31-year-old veteran who has played all over Wolves, Birmingham City, you name it. Uh, last season, he had a 6.72 rating on whoscore.com on the League One side, Shrewsbury. Seems to be a solid contributor on the team. Great to have another veteran presence alongside Jamma. Also, we have Reese Brown, 26-year-old ex-FGR star mm -hmm. from 2017 to 2019. He then went to Huddersfield but was loaned out to Petersborough, who were in the championship last season. They got relegated, and he didn't have that great of a season, but it was the championship, and it was on a bad team. He seems League One quality. He's a fan favorite. He will find his footing at Forest Green. Shimmy, what do you think of the midfield? Yeah, you know, we're strengthening. Like, I, I like that we still have our core from last season, but whenever you go up to a new and challenging league, you, you have to retool, right? And so, like... I think it's a great mix of, you know, folks like Armani Little who happened to play in the National League last year and know the difficulty of claiming that one promotion spot. Um, folks that have played in the championship uh, and kind of know the level because we've, from our, you know, conversations with, um, you know, Sweens and other folks, we know that the championship is really the big money league, right? That's where you really start to have make big money. Um, so people that play under that pressure, um, you know, playing on our squad now will, will really help us, I think. Amen to that. All right, on to the wing, Shimmy. We lost League Two Player of the Season, right wing back, Big Daddy Kane Wilson, yeah. our guy, the Wagamama Wonder. Yeah. Uh, and we also lost League Two Team of the Year Player, left wing back, the Fire of the Free Kick, the Sultan Swing, the King of the Cross, Tricky <laughs> Nicky of House Cadden, first of his name. We have replaced Kane with a young man named Corey O'Keefe from Rochdale, 24 year old Irish boy, hailing from the Irish city of <laughs> Birmingham, England. Uh, he, he plays yeah, fullback. He's, he's carrying on the nice tradition of Peaky Blinders here in the 20th, 21st <laughs> century. That's right. Uh, so he played last year for Rochdale. He had an incredible average who scored rating of 6.89. Wow. Um, by many accounts, he was a top five wing back last season. By some accounts, he was the second best behind only Kane, our own Kane Wilson. Uh, Gabriel Sutton loves him. He'll speak about him more in a bit. On the left side, we have brought in Harry Boys, who is himself still a boy, 20 years young, wow. from Solihull, 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 <laughs> Morris, <laughs> again, dude, can't pronounce these English names, anyway, again, according to Gab Sutton, this kid is wicked, technical, wicked, smart, those are Gab's direct words, you're going to hear all about uh, I didn't Harry Gab Boys. Sutton was originally from Boston, <laughs> and moved to England when he was a wee lad. He's wicked smart. Wicked smart. Uh... So you're gonna, you're gonna. By all accounts, Harry's a budding superstar. But Shimmy, there's a little problem with Harry. You Ooh. know what that problem is? Uh, what is it, Nathan? He's injured, Shimmy. Uh. He might be out for three months. We don't know, but he's gonna be out for a while. That hurts, Shimmy. That hurts. Uh, so filling in his place, <laughs> another new signee, Kyle McAllister, aka Kevin McAllister, the 23-year-old from Scotland, midfielder and occasional forward, but mainly I think he'll be playing, in this case, in place of Harry Harry Boys. Uh, when he's not getting neg neglected by irresponsible parents on Christmas vacation, he was killing it for St. Mirren in the Scottish Premiership, mm. uh, Premiership, the top league in Scotland. Jimmy, I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about his talent. I just know he's good at booby traps, good at making mac and cheese. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> what do you think about our wing back replacements? Uh, yeah, he probably doesn't like aftershave either. It's just, you know, it really <laughs> stings the skin. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, it's okay. You know, we have to trust in our recruiting department. And change was inevitable. And so, you know, 
injuries are always just so devastating because we want to always, you know, get a bright start, get a strong start, it really went off the jump. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm <clears throat> bullish. I, I, I think these guys will slot in well. And again, when you're in League One, it's the opportunity to prove yourself. Like we said, we, you know, we know that the championship is that big money league, right? That big jump. So I know That's these right. players are going to be hungry, whether they're injured now or they're coming back later. Uh, and I just hope we see that on the pitch. I think that's all we can ask for, you know, is giving, giving their all and, you know, showing us the considerable talents, uh, the technical talents we know that they have. Let's go. All right. On the defensive end, no big changes. We've added one player, six foot, two inches tall, Oliver Casey. Oliver. Please, sir, I have some porridge. <laughs> A 20-year-old baby boy central defender on loan from Blackpool. Violating child labor laws. Started in the youth, Leeds youth team. Uh, he was brought to Blackpool. But he hasn't seen. He didn't see any minutes with Blackpool, um, so no idea what to expect with this guy, uh, Oliver. Uh, yeah. and Other than the returned... fact that he was a Dickens character, right? That Charles Dickens <laughs> wrote his life story. <laughs> uh, and then we move on to uh, who returned from last year, which is the leader in the middle, Jordan Moore Taylor JMT. He's dynamite. We also have Cooley Bailey Cargo, our friend Dokes, and the 2023 Golden Boot winner, Drippy <laughs> Don Bernard. Um, but here's a big concern, Shimmy. Ian Birchnell teams allegedly concede a lot from set pieces and crosses. You would think you need some size to help remedy that, but we have not really brought in size. So what is the solution, Shimmy? Why should we not be worried? Stay tuned. Gab Sutton will tell us why we should not be worried about that in just a little bit. What do you think about our defense, Shims? Uh, again, I just love that we have the core that served us so well. Even when we were kind of sliding a little bit, you know, after uh, we were struggling to score, uh, in, in the winter and spring months towards the end of the season last year. Um, especially when JMT came back from injury and from Knox, he was our rock, man. And we saw at the end of the season how much the fans love uh, Bailey Cargill. And again, now that we have Kalidu Bailey in, playing in England, um, you know, I think, right. I think our boy uh, Bailey is going to show him up and show him who's the best Bailey. Um, Let's go. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm just happy that we have that strong base, and we know how versatile Don Bernard can be. You know, he can get forward, yes. um, and so again, the continuity plus the new additions uh, in front of them uh, is going to help us. I think. I think we're gonna we're gonna be competitive. I I, I love when Gab Sutton is optimistic because that makes me optimistic. But we'll hear yes, more about so that. So smart, later. we will. And he was spot on with his predictions last year. So it gives me some confidence in his 12th place prediction this year. And then finally in goal, we have the amazing Luke McGee to continue to work his magic and bail us out with ridiculous saves. Uh, and backing him up is the Welsh Wonder, our friend and FGR legend, in our opinion, Lewis Thomas, ultimate team guy. Great competition for McGee. I love our goalkeeper, Shimmy. Yeah, again, it's that continuity. We know how much Lewis Thomas pushes uh, Luke McGee and how much they both savor the competition and how much, you know, they support each other but really push each other. So... We want, it, we want that to continue. It's going to be another level of striker, again, that they have to face. But I think between them, they're going to, uh, to make, you know, make sure our season is one that uh, we look back on fondly. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Um, so <clears throat> that's the squad. Let's get to our predictions, and then we'll go to our man Gab Sutton and hear why Forest Green are actually the 12th best team in the league, uh, despite everyone trying to relegate us. Um, so... First, let's hear from the outside people. So the good people at D3, D4 put us, ranked us at 23rd and relegated. 23rd on the table <laughs> they, and relegated. Does that make them good people, Nathan? <laughs> the bad people, except for Edward Walker, who we love. 
Who's great? Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's true. The not not the top twenty podcast put us at twenty second and relegated. Four four two has us twentieth. Our friend Lori Martin wrote a fantastic and convincing article for four four two. You should check it out. Lori Martin has a seventeenth. The betting markets have us somewhere between fifteenth and eighteenth. So that's kind of promising. Uh, five thirty eight, which is a famous American website that uses data and statistical analysis to make predictions about politics and sports. They put us at 15th, uh, and then a man who many consider the smartest man in all of England outdid them all. Gabriel Sutton has us finishing 12th in the table. Shimmy, where are we going to finish? It's weird, and the Heavens Devils have Forest Green finishing first in League One and Let's... somehow winning the Champions League that it's impossible <laughs> for us to qualify for. Um, so I'm going to go with those guys, you know, the last guys. <laughs> Let's uh, go. Yeah. No, but, you know... Uh, like he's, you know, like I said, when when Gab Sutton is feeling feeling bullish and feeling optimistic about us, um, I can't help but share in that it is going to be really tough, man. This is another level. We I don't think you can take anything for granted, but um, you know, I I think we're going to just kind of keep our heads down. We're not going to be too bombastic, you know. Um, even though we have a very um, bombastic. Uh, chairman you know dale vince is always out there in the media you know he always he knows how to make a statement right but um i think we're gonna find a way to pull it together and ian birchnall will be able to instill a system you know uh, that's the one thing it's like okay how are our players going to take to what we have but you know knowing that birchnall has the experience in the national league um that experience with oster sons in sweden where he was a fan favorite um and that's where he got to talk uh, i think he kind of um you know had the acquaintance of Graham Potter uh, and from Leeds before. And Graham Potter plays such an exciting brand of football in the Premier League with Brighton. Um, and so I'm hoping that the, you know, what we do on the pitch and what we do tactically speaks <clears throat> for itself. And, and I think we'll probably yes. be somewhere in the middle to upper part of the second half of the table there. So maybe somewhere between 12 <laughs> and 12 and 15. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. 12 and 15. Yeah. Very optimistic. So, Shimmy, part of me says 18th. We have outstanding leadership in JAMA. We have a core unit uh, returning, just outstanding players, outstanding people, and we've added some great pieces. And most importantly, Shimmy, we have the best director in football, the best director of football in football, in the (laughs) EFL, Richard Hughes. Nobody tops this guy in in terms of recruitment per the resources they have. Mm -hmm. Um, So I might say we have enough to stay up. We, I might say that we might start the season a little rocky, things look bad, and then around January we turn it around, we finally gel. takes a, a new team time to gel, Shimmy. Mm-hmm. We pick it up, we go on a fantastic fantastic run, we finish safe. I might say that, but Shimmy, I won't, Shimmy, because <laughs> like Drake, like the 2012-2013 Miami Heat with LeBron James, the boys are going back-to-back, league champions, baby. We're winning the league because we have the greatest organization in the league. Take it to the bank, four screen overs first, play Shimmy! Yes, the bank. there we go, there we go. Not one, not two, not three, <laughs> but four, four places above Morecambe or whatever. <laughs> you know, we're gonna, Let's go. Who's uh, also going to go crazy. I only say that because you titled the Zoom called Shrimp Boat. Or Shimbo. Shrimp Boat Shimmy. Shrimp Boat Shimmy, so. I think I misspelled it too because I'm <laughs> sick and I can't type. Yes, that's the reason uh, why. Um, I feel like crap. Yeah. Uh, no, but, but anyway, Shimmy. But, like, you know, even though you oh, feel like crap, Nathan... We don't feel like crap about our love for this team and Amen. their potential. They're gonna do it. They're gonna stay. Amen. So let's close. Let's let's finish our little bit, and then we'll go to Gab and then um, Mad Max. Um, but let's do quick predictions. Here we go. 
Um, first, we'll do a rapid fire. We gotta go. Here we go. Rapid fire. Let's go. Kane Wilson, surprise player of the season. Who you got, Shimmy? Ooh, I think our surprise surprise player of the season is gonna be Armani Little. Who? Ah, nice. Who will, like you said, you know, bring us a little bit of a hard edge. Uh, maybe find us a few extra goals. Um, so I think he's like gonna it. surprise us. You know, like you you may see his name and you may think, okay, I'm not quite sure, but. He's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna end up being a, um, a cornerstone, I think, this year. I love that. Okay, for me, my Kane Wilson. By the way, it's named Kane Wilson Surprise Player of the Year because last season Kane Wilson came out of nowhere and became the best player in yes. England. Anyway, uh, so for me, I'm gonna go with Dokes. Dokes hey. had an amazing season two seasons ago. Last season he got injured, uh, and he came back, but he wasn't completely the same. But I know Dokes has been working like crazy the entire offseason i think we're gonna see big big things out of dokes so i'm going with dokes uh here we go next golden boot most goals scored for fgr what do you got shimmy well you and i are obviously great on this don bernard don bernard all right next dan sweeney funny man we have lost our man dan sweeney i love that guy he went to stevenage he's no longer with us yeah. who's gonna who's gonna be the guy who who takes his shoes the prankster the joke guy who's our next dan sweeney funny man who's gonna be our in-house loki Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say Don Bernard on this one too. I think he's, he's gonna he's gonna take this opportunity to to spread mirth amongst at the FGR uh, locker room. I like that. That's a good that's a good shout. I'm gonna go with Corey O'Keefe. I know nothing about him, but I feel like the name sounds like he'd be a funny guy. So Corey O'Keefe. <laughs> All right, the Ibu Adams yellow card player of the season. So now that we don't have Ibu Adams, we need we need a new player to get all those yellow cards. To fill the void of yellow cards that we now have with no Ibu. So who is going to be, who's going to get the most yellow cards, Shimmy? Ooh, this one is tough. This one is tough because Ibu would give it all uh, and then it would usually end with the yellow card as well. Um, so who is going to be our card dairy in a goal mine? Uh, I'm actually going to have to go back to Armani Little. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really feeling this yes! guy. I think he's going he's to he's make an impact. He's going to make an Me impact, too. you know, for, for better or for worse at times you know with yellow cards it may be for the worse but i just feel like he's going to bring this attitude again maybe i'm just going from the name but <laughs> but i love it but i think he's going to make an impact on forest this year no i agree i'm i'm basing this purely on one he's he's like kind of ibu's replacement and mm -hmm. two he the the one story we heard of fans booing him and then him taunting the fans i'm going purely based on that but i'm going to say armani little is going to get the most yellow cards let's go all right last question or last prediction here our most important player shimmy who's it going to be um, I actually think it's going to be, it's, it, I'm cheating a little bit here. I think it's going to be the mad attack together. I know we have to bring ah. in strikers. I think we are going to bring in strikers, but I think yeah. both Jamma, again, who's not getting a lot of uh, love in the press or people kind of playing down his ability at this level. Um, he's going to show that he's forever young, you know, that he has this forever ability. Young. <laughs> yes. Jamma's going to be you. forever young. I agree with you. Forever young. Uh, okay. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's right. a great yeah. cheer. Uh, here we go. Here. That needs to be in the South Stand. Sure. We 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 promised we were not going to sing it all this season, and we've already violated <laughs> that sacred yeah, that, that, that sacred contract. We're definitely singing. Yeah, we're, oh, we're definitely, definitely singing. Yeah. It's already happened. Uh, but no, I think I think uh, the Mad Attack Jamma with his leadership, his experience, and then again, like just proving the doubters wrong, and Maddie Stevens again. I've never met a guy when uh, we were so you know thrilled to meet him last at the end of last year who's faced so much adversity, whether it's from previous managers, whether it's from injury, and come back swinging uh, so hard and proving everyone wrong. So the Mad Attack is going to be our most important players of the season. I'll say that. I 
love that. I actually agree with you. I don't know about Matty Stevens because I don't know when he's due back, but I think for us to stay up, for us to, for us to have what we consider a good season, JMO's going to have to have a good season. So sure. I'm going to agree with you. I think our captain, our leader up front, Jameel, the real deal Jameel Matt, uh, our target man, I think he's if, if he has a good season, we have a good season. He's our most important player for me. Okay, before we get to our guests, we have one last thing. Really quickly, we are going to do the Wheel of Destiny to predict who's going to be the player of the season and then also who is going to be the or, or, or I guess where we're going to rank in the uh, in the league table All right. oh crap I can't uh, I can't share my <laughs> screen because I'm on my wife's computer so uh, I'm just going to spin and you're going to have to you're going to have to trust me Shimmy I trust you okay trusting you my so here we go so we, we've got everybody on the wheel uh, it could be Luke McGee it could be Murphy Bennett could be Finley <laughs> Bell Jack Carter I don't even know who that is but here we go <laughs> Wheel of Destiny player of the season and it's spinning. You, you, you probably can't hear it. Right? I'll add in the spin later. It's Armani Little Harry Boys! Harry Boys is a good shout, even though he's going to miss like three months. All right, so Harry Boys, player of the season. And then where are we going to rank uh, in the table? Here we go. The Wheel of Destiny is going to tell us where we end up in the table. Uh, oh, baby! It's at 11, 12, 13, 14! 14! We'll take it! Between 12th and 15th. We'll take it! Between 12th and 15th. Yeah! Alright, that did not go as bad as I thought. I thought we are going to end up with like 23 and like, I don't know, uh, <laughs> who's someone new that, that we just signed that I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I guess they're I guess so, I already they're, named so, they're so new we don't Murphy, know. Murphy Bennett, Murphy. Finley Bell, and Jack Carter. I don't know anything right. about those guys. I was, I was worried he was going to land on one of those. But anyway, alright, Shimmy. Let's go to our man. Oh, one more. Who's going to win the league? Here we go. Spin in the wheel. Who's going to win the league? This is it. And then we go to Gabriel Sutton. Who's going to win the league? What? It's at Barnsley, Bolton Wanderers, Bristol Rovers. Bristol Rovers. Wow. Look at that. Some mad it was so Max gas cast is going to be thrilled about this. He's, he's going to be thrilled. Congratulations <laughs> to Bristol Rovers for winning the league, even though... I don't know if I should trust the Wheel of Destiny. Anyway, let's get to Gabriel Sutton, an amazing guy. He's going to tell you why FGR are not only safe, but FGR will be comfortable this season in the mid-table. Uh, let's go to Gabriel, then we'll go straight to Mad Max, and then we'll close out. Boom. We welcome to the pod the smartest man in England. Based on his season previews, this man has owned Twitter for the last three days, longer than Elon Musk ever did. He is a friend of the pod for reasons we don't understand. He is the anti Heaven's Devils podcast. That is, he is as smart about the EFL and football as Sham and I are dumb on those two things. Uh, he is the creator of the EFL debate. He is a pundit for BBC Squad Goals, a writer for the Sacrist Fan Bet, Fans Bet, uh, Bet Victor 44 and 442. His latest League One season previews and rankings just came out on Bet Victor's website. Go check it out. It's amazing, especially if you're a Force Nervous fan, which I assume you are. You will not be disappointed. Uh, we are honored to bring back the Screaming Eagle of Lower League Football, the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, uh, if I had to say it. Gabriel Sutton, welcome Gabriel. Wow, thanks Nathan. I'm hoping uh, every time I come into a room I get this kind of introduction. <laughs> I, don't want to, uh, I don't want to get used to it. Uh, but uh, no, thanks for that. And it's lovely to have you on as well. I'm such a huge fan of uh, Heaven's Devils podcast and uh, can't wait to talk Forest Green Rovers. Oh, but we can't either. And we are so happy to have you on, man. The fans love you. Every time we have you on, we always get DMs saying like, oh my God, Gabriel's the best. Uh, so thank you for coming on. And it's a crazy busy time because you just released your previews of League Two. 
League One and the Championship, which are amazing. Everyone should go check them out. Uh, I, I mean, what's this time like for you? For, I'll tell you for me and for, I guess, most fans, it's like Christmas. Yeah. It's like we're opening up the presents. We can yeah. see, like, what's what's the next year? What's the next year? Be? Yeah, we all have dreams and hopes. But what's it mm. like for you? Well, it's, it's so challenging, uh, Nathan, just trying to come up with these predictions. Because on the one hand, you spend a lot of the summer looking into the details of, like, different players, different teams, different managers, all the rest of it. But then I think what you have to do when you come towards making the predictions is trying to get some sort of overview on these things and provide some kind of context. And it's kind of taking that step back that's really hard because I'm such a details-minded person that sometimes actually going back from the details and trying to sort of broaden things out and look at where teams are generally, it's really hard. And um, I've made some, I've put Forest Green Rovers uh, 12. I think other podcasts um, have probably got them, I think they've got them relegated, haven't they? So um, it shows there's such a variety of opinions. So can't wait to see how it all pans out, Nathan. Oh, me neither. We will talk about that in just a second. Um, we'll talk about all the other uh, previews and also, and especially mainly yours, um, in just a minute. But before we do, uh, we are Johnny Come Lately's in League One, uh, Gabriel. We don't know anything about League One. This is our first League One rodeo, so we, you know way more about uh, about this than, than we do. So we're going to do a quick game. Oh, okay. Terranate. Called interrogate. It's like interrogate, but with my name, interrogate. Fast questions, fast answers. So I'm just going to ask you. I'm going to give you some descriptions, and I just want you to tell me the first League One club that comes to your mind for Ooh. each description. Okay. All right, ready? Let's do it, mate. Here we go. Coolest stadium. African Stanley. Oh, interesting. I want to know more. But anyway, we got to keep going. We got to go fast. Best away day. Oh, best away day. I first come Sheffield Wednesday. All right. Most welcoming fans or most friendly fans? Oh, there's some good ones here. Uh, Cheltenham Town. What? No, no. Not if you're a Forest Green Ravens fan. What? No. Cancel. Cancel. We must end this interview right now. What? Oh, no. I'm really didn't say that. Someone else. <laughs> no, I'm going to say Cheltenham Town. No. All right. Well, you, all right. You're off the hook because... You did relegate them, which we'll talk about in a second. So you're off the hook there. Um, biggest keyboard warriors. So in other words, who's going to be constantly tweeting us pictures of meat now that we no longer have Tranmere in our division? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'll probably say um, Sheffield Wednesday are quite a... Um, I'll go Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, nice. Okay. Interesting. All right. Coolest team nickname. Oh, coolest team nickname. Um, I'm going to go with... Team nickname uh, Argyle. I think Plymouth Argyle. I, I, I like because Argyle is a second name for a club. Like as a second name, it's quite rare. Like Port Vale as well. Like yeah. Vale because they don't you, normally. It's a city. It's United. It's a town. Argyle Vale. I quite like. I like that too. Okay. Uh, I know you're not a kit man, but best kits. Oh, who's uh, reducing? Do you know I like Forest Green Rovers kits? Let's go. Let's go. Okay, who's the worst team in League One who also lost their coach, Michael Duff, to Barnsley? <laughs> well, Cheltenham. Cheltenham of the Cheltenham, end. Cheltenham, worst team. All right, you hear it first. We're, we'll cut out the last part. Worst team in League One, Cheltenham. <laughs> League One's best team who also wears neon green zebra kits made out of coffee that Gabriel likes and has a player named Armani. 
at Forest Green Rovers. Let's go! Oh, have you got a nickname for Armani Little yet? Not yet, not yet, it's coming. Okay, it's well, come. should we workshop it, Nathan? Like, oh, yeah, you have any ideas? Well, um, Gucci Armani. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's like too easy almost with that with that, with that a name like Armani. Uh, it's going to come, though. I think it's, you know, as you know, we're okay. big nickname guys. It's going to come. It's going to come. Right. We don't have it yet. It's got to, like, you know, strike. Okay. Uh, but I love it. What did you I'm get? So like Deadly, so Dom, Deadly Dom Bernard. I like Deadly Dom Bernard. Deadly Dom Bernard. We had also Drippy Dom Bernard because he always, he's always dressed Oh, Drippy, nice. drippy Dom Bernard, yeah. Drippy Dom. And then trick, Tricky Nicky Cadden. I mean, Tricky Nicky Cadden. You're going to have uh, we, to come up with uh, one We had Morgan, the Matt Attack for Jamil Matt and Maddie Stevens, and they even made t shirts for the Matt Attack. Yeah. The club made Matt Attack t shirts. So we're going to get some for Armani. It's such a good okay. name. When I, as soon as I saw we signed a guy named Armani Little, my head exploded. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh man. So, so on to your one to 24 rankings, uh, Gabriel. So we mentioned, we mentioned that, uh, the, some other, some other podcasts, some other, uh, news organizations, whatever they ranked they let, let me just go through them. Here we go. The good people at D3, D4 put us 23rd and relegated mm. the not 20, not top 20 podcast. I only got that right. Uh, put us 22nd and relegated mm. the betting markets have us somewhere between 15th and 18th. Uh, 538, which is a pretty famous American website that uses data, statistical analysis to make predictions about politics and sports. They put us 15th. Uh, and then came a man, the smartest man in all of England, who outdid them all. Gabriel Sutton, that's you. Have us finishing 12th in the table ahead of Derby County, no less. Uh, and you were almost spot on last year. With I think your FTR prediction last year was second. Is that right? I think I said second. Yeah, I said Exeter would win the league. That's the other thing. So it, it was were... just roll reverse on the final day. Exactly on the final day. So you were so close. So I believe you, Gabriel. I try. I, I put my. I trust my life with you, Gabriel. Uh, but oh, for those right. who may be a little more skeptical, convince them now. Why is Four Screen Rovers? Why are Four Screen Rovers the the twelfth best team in League One? Well. When I make these predictions, Nathan, one of the things I look at is processes and systems. And mm. I think it's impossible for me to have a nuanced understanding of every little detail. So what I like to do is kind of think about, is this a football club that I trust? Is this a football club that acts smartly, that does things mm -hmm. the right way? Um, so I think a lot of people are kind of drawn by the fact that you've lost Rob Edwards, you've lost Kane Wilson, you've lost Nicky Catton, um, one or two others, uh, Ebo Adams, of course. Mm -hmm. And I can see why, because they're all fantastic players. But I, <clears> what I really like about Forest Green and what's really taken me is how you've replaced these people. So Ian Birchnell as a coach, he's got a fantastic coaching background. He was trusted to replace Graham Potter, who's one of the best managers in England at Ostersons when he left in 2018. You've got uh, Corey O'Keefe, who is one of the best right backs in League Two in the first half of last season. Very similar stylistically to Kane Wilson. I think he'll fit into the style really well. Harry Boyd was brought in before Nicky Cadden left. I, I saw him for a game at Solio Moors last season. He's a really technical left back, uh, left wing back, great engine. Um, Armani Little, hard worker, really good technical player. Some people who watch the National League have, have been incredibly impressed by him. So yes, you've lost mm. these players, but it's been very calculated the way that you replace them. You replace them with players who are similar stylistically. So although you've lost elements of the quality, 
the overall system, the cohesion of the system, the synergy, I don't think that's going to be changed at all. And I think that's a crucial thing for me when I look at the predictions. Now, I'd like to see Forest Green bring in another striker. I still think there's areas for the squad to strengthen. But is this a football club that I trust with Richard Hughes as, as director of football? Hell yes, it is. I love that. I love that you mentioned the systems. And I want to play Heaven's Devil's Advocate in just a second. But I, <laughs> I I agree with you as well. I think I'm, I mean, I would always be a little more optimistic than most people just because we're dumb Americans. We don't know any better. But I am confident and I'm, I'm confident because, well, first, you said we'd finish 12th and, and you've never lied to me, Gabriel. So I, I trust that. Second, uh, like you said, I have so much faith in our system and Richard Hughes and Dale Vince in the squad of returning players. Um, I, I know nothing about these new players. I know very little about the new coach or the new manager, but I know Richard Hughes and I know he's one of the best directors of football in the entire EFL. Uh, and honestly, that's my reason why I don't think we get relegated because I have we have such a great core group of guys uh, from last season and I'm so confident in Hughes' ability to build a team that can stay up. So if he believes in this team, I believe in this team. Um, but let me, let me play a little Heaven's Devil's Advocate here. Let me... Bring some negativity to the pod, okay. and I want to hear your response to this because sure. there's a few things that a lot of people are really down on us about. Uh, so one of them, we, you mentioned, you know, we lost three of our, you know, most important players, uh, and they're not just League One caliber players. Two of them are Championship caliber players. Ibu Adams and Kane Wilson are in the Championship. So you're yeah. telling me that our Armani Little coming up is going to be able to fill the massive hole that Ibu left. That Corey O'Keefe is going to be able to dance up the right wing. Uh, like like Kane Wilson did so effortlessly, uh, Kyle McAllister, maybe event, maybe maybe eventually Harry Boyd's going to be able to deliver crosses on a dime, upper ninety three mm. kicks like Nicky Cadden could. Uh, well, I uh, I saw Harry Boyd's in uh, in the game for Solihull Moors last season, and some of his crosses were absolutely insane. Like if you could have. Uh, it's like it's almost a picture. It's like if he could have imagined where that delivery was, where that some of the, his deliveries were going to end up, mm. they ended up in that exact spot. So I think wow. that, um, and I think the fact that Sheffield United have been prepared to loan him out two divisions higher rather than giving him a League Two loan, I think that that shows where where they are in terms of what they think of his development and how he can serve uh, their team in in future. So. Um, I think because Harry Boys wasn't in League Two last season, I think he's probably going to go under the radar a little bit because maybe EFL, other EFL pundits aren't maybe quite as aware of, of what his capabilities are. And I suppose it is fair to say that there is a big step up. But Corey O'Keefe, again, some of his delivery... Look at... Um, uh, Port Vale and Rochdale won at Port Vale in the first half of last season. Look up Corey, two of Corey O'Keefe's deliveries in that game for anyone mm. listening. Um, absolutely on the money, his uh, his crosses. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think they're going to be fantastic deliveries. Um, I think really the bigger concern for me is just getting someone um, on the end of them because you've got mm -hmm. Matt Stevens out injured um, for mm. the start of the season. Is Josh March going to step up? Not quite sure about that. So I think another striker would help. But in terms of the wing backs, and yeah, I think Army Marnie Little has fantastic reviews as well. So um, I'm I'm excited about the business. I know big big shoes to fill and everything else, but I think it's going to click into place pretty quickly. Love that, love that. And you mentioned the attack, and that's the other area, another area where where fans and outsiders are are really worried about. Uh, as you mentioned, Matty Stevens, the people's champion, last season's goal scorer, out uh, with an injury. The real deal, Jamil Matt, 
and our guy Josh March are 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 two forwards right now. That's that's we just have two. You know, last year we we had we were lucky. We had so many so many attacking players, and this year, right now, we're down to two healthy ones. Um, everyone thinks we're going to bring in an, uh, another another forward another attacking player, um, but let's say we don't. Uh, is that, no, is I that don't. That, there's no way that happens, Nathan. I think. Okay. I think what the club are looking to do is wait for the best quality loans uh, to come up. Because what happens is the Premier League clubs tend to want to get a look at their loan players in pre-season when they go on tour and things like that. So it's very difficult to get loan deals in July. You tend to get them in August. Certainly the best loan deals. Because if you think about it, if you're a good player for a Premier League club where they think they've got a lot of potential those clubs are going to want to look at them as opposed to someone who maybe doesn't have as much potential and they're happier to, to let that player go out at an earlier stage. So um, for me, I think that Forest Green are playing a bit of a waiting game. It's a little bit of a gamble, I'm not going to argue with you, but I really don't see a scenario in which Forest Green don't sign a striker. I, I find that I'd be absolutely amazed if, if that doesn't happen. I could imagine a couple come in. Okay, love that. And I think we'd all agree with you. I think we all know a striker or two are coming. Um, so one of the big complaints about our new manager is uh, his teams in the past, at least this is what we've heard, that, that they seem to concede a lot from set pieces, from crosses. Mm. And uh, one thing that's, that, that we seem to be pretty pretty weak on is we don't have any big bodies, which seem mm. to be pretty important to defend against, against that. Um, why should we not be worried about conceding on set pieces and, and crosses with this new manager and this not really big team? Yeah, it's it's a good question, and uh, Dan Sweeney's gone to Stevenage, hasn't he? As well, he's six foot four, so yeah. you've lost an element to the aerial side of things there. And I think that Birchnell, um, I, I, the, the 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 signs I've got from Notts County fans is that he's quite a process driven coach, and I think that he tends to. Um, get his sides playing a game, assuming that it's going to go his way and it's going to be played on his terms. Mm. Now, I could see a world in which that maybe backfires a little bit and maybe if it, it's not the best start and Forest Green find themselves in a dogfight, there could be some potential difficulties with that. But I think that he's going to first and foremost start from the intention of um, dominating the ball. And I think what that's going to do is allow you to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with game teams again at the top and if some of the better teams even have a bit of an off day then i think that there's the potential for forest green to go out and win that game as opposed to just being able to cling on for a point so i think that's going to help but i take the point on the the set pieces i do think that's um that could be a little bit of a worry and hopefully uh, ian birchnell has has learned a few lessons from his time at knox county and uh can tighten things up a little bit because there is that lack of height in defense as, as you mentioned all right, all right. So, well, you've brought me optimism. Except for, I agree. I think I think we all feel like that's a little bit of a, of a scary weak point. But you mentioned uh, potentially stealing three points from some of the big guys. So I want to ask you about that really quick. And I just have a couple more questions. Then we'll get out of here. Yeah, go. Um, so they say this league, League One, it, it's got much greater disparity in terms of resources and quality than League Two did. You have a, a mix of these like rich, massive, historic teams. And then small little, you know, upstart new teams. Um, it, it's two leagues in one, as they say. So do you think we'll be able to compete across the board, including against the big teams? Or do you think it's more likely we'll occasionally eke out a few points against some of the big clubs, but mostly pick up our points against the bottom half of the table? 
This is a really good question, Nathan. Um, I think League One, first of all, League One was a bit of a split league last season because uh, on one side of the coin, Fleetwood managed to stay up with just 40 points last mm-hmm. season and Plymouth Argyle got double that tally and they didn't make the playoffs. And um, I think, you know, you look at sides like Cambridge and Cheltenham that managed to get elevate themselves into the mid-table pack as opposed to being in the dogfight just because they had really good management. And I think that's probably what your lot are going to be uh, hoping to do. Um, having said that, um, I think, first of all, there is a bit of a sense of some of the big clubs getting a little bit smarter, perhaps mm. like Ipswich Town. They came down when they had an unpopular chairman called Marcus Evans, and now they've got a bit more investment, a bit more savviness as a club, Bolton perhaps as well. So there is a, a sense maybe of the big mm. clubs in League One over the last 12 months getting their act together. Having said that, I can just imagine that big clubs um i don't think necessarily the players but maybe some of the fans go to forest green expecting it to be sort of comfortable and then all of a sudden you play this sort of front foot style you dominate the ball and their fans get a bit away fans get a bit twitchy and all of a sudden it becomes a little bit difficult and even going to away grounds as well where there is that atmosphere in the stands where it's like we should be beating Forest Green and mm. why are they you know why are Regan Hendry and Ben Stevenson controlling yeah. the ball in the middle of our pitch kind of thing I think that frustration could grow for some of the bigger clubs so I do think there's an opportunity for that and I think that if if some of the bigger clubs have an off day against Forest Green, I do feel that you're going to have the, the minerals to make them pay for that. I love that. I love that. Okay. So the only ranking in your preview, or the only table place that I have that I have a problem with is Cheltenham at 22nd in the table, Gabriel. Because Cheltenham's obviously 24th, Gabriel. Come on. They, they might not get a point all season gap. So a little <laughs> schadenfreude or whatever the German term is for taking pleasure in others' pain. Why did you put our arch nemesis in the relegation zone? Um, well, first of all, like, I, I think, first of all, um, just kind of joking aside, I think um, it's um, they, they've lost their manager, obviously, which um, is is going to be a huge challenge for them because Michael Duff is a, a Charlton Town legend. Um, I think that over the last two years, it's the club that's achieved the things that they've achieved, not just the manager. And I think it's important to to reconcile that. I'm a little bit concerned when it comes to Cheltenham that they've lost a few of their better players as well, like Callum Wright, like Will Boyle, like Kieran Atete. Um, they've replaced them with some quite young players. Um, they could step up well, but I'm I'm just not um, not 100% convinced. They've also had a defensive record. They conceded about 80 goals last season, and I would wonder if they lost Alfie May, who's their main goal scorer, scored 23 goals last year. Then you know they probably need to uh, to drop that quite significantly if they're to uh, stay up. So uh, I think it'll be a, a challenging season for your arch nemesis, but you never know; it could work out for them with with Wade Elliott. Well, let's hope not. Uh, so a few final, actually, <laughs> to be honest, though, it is nice to have, it's like fun to have that rivalry. So it's yeah. nice to be in the same division. Um, but anyway, a few final predictions and then we'll get out of here. Who do you think are going to be the biggest overachievers this year? 
biggest overachievers? Um, that's a really good question. I think it's going to be difficult for anyone to crack the top six because of the big clubs um, that, that I've mentioned. Uh, but I think Cambridge and Fleetwood are going to be the teams that uh, that mm. do well. I really appoint, really like uh, Mark Bonner, who's Cambridge boss, and Fleetwood are recruiting some some really young, hungry, energetic players. And I like the appointment of Scott Brown as well. So uh, Fleetwood and Cambridge for me, and Forest Green, of course. Forest Green, twelve, baby. Uh, okay, so. Uh, flip side of that, I think I have an idea who you're going to say because you ranked them behind us. Biggest underachievers. I think Derby County could really struggle. They've appointed, they've uh, brought in uh, a lot of players um, who are kind of in their early 30s, who were good championship players five years ago. But I feel like we're overrating some of those signings a little bit because <clears> of their name. And I think sometimes we can put a bit too much stock in that. Um, so I think Derby County could struggle. I also see Wickham and Oxford having tough seasons. Okay, uh, player of the season. Who's going to be the Who's going to be the player of the season in League One? Player of the season in League One. That's a really good question. I'm. You've caught me off guard here a little bit. I'm going to go for. Dawson Devoy, who signed for MK Dons, he was one of the best Ooh. players in the League of Ireland last year, and uh, I think that's a really exciting signing for them. Nice, nice. And I noticed you had them. You had them first, is that right? Yeah, I think MK Dons wow. won the league. All right, everybody. Uh, well, I won't give any 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 more away. Everyone's got to go read it. But uh, what about FGR player of the season? So I think last year maybe you predicted Regan Henry. I think you might have predicted Regan Henry to be the just the League Two player of the season, and then. Kane Wilson came from out of nowhere. Like, I don't yeah. think any of us expected him to have that season. Um, who do you think is going to be the FGR player this season? This season? Oh, what am I going to go for? Um, I think I'll plump for Ben Stevenson. Mm, I think he had a really nice. consistent year yes. last year. And um, I see him I see him building. Because I think the, the midfielders in Forest Green probably don't create as much as the wing-backs, but they're just mm -hmm. asked with kind of keeping a lid on the midfield and controlling it. And I think Ben Stevenson does that really well. And I think he's going to step up to, to League One pretty nicely. I love that. You know, uh, well, he, he was everyone's like unsung hero last year. Yeah. Uh, and he was... Maybe he's going to be the sung hero this time around. Yes. Well, we, we, we joked last year that he's the sung unsung hero because everybody called him the unsung hero. But, um, you know, I was looking the other day, like, I was just, like, you know, reviewing all the players, who, who we've lost, who we have, and I was like, and I saw Ben Stevenson, I was like, oh my God, we still have Ben Stevenson. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. I, I felt, it gave me, like, a little boost of confidence uh, when, I, when I remembered, like, oh yeah, Ben Stevenson, the unsung hero. I completely forgot about him. And as soon as I saw his name again, I was like, oh, we're good. We're good. I, I, feel, I feel confident. All right. Anyway, Gabriel, I will let you get out of here. You are, you, you are so busy. You've been so gracious with your time. Gabriel, you are the man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving up your time uh, during this extremely, extremely busy period for you. Uh, everybody, stop what you're doing. Go check out Gabriel's piece on BetVictor.com. It is incredible, especially if you're a Four Screen Nervous fan. Um, Gabriel, anything else we should promote? Yeah, I just, um, obviously, you can follow me on Twitter at Gabsa, and I uh, have a lot of, I have sort of talking points every day on my account on all sorts of things across the EFL. I also have a show called EFL Debate, where I talk to players, fans, managers, board members, directors, you name it, and have a lot of fun with it. So you can follow me on Twitter at Gabsa and, and follow the hashtag EFL Debate. I love that. I, I can't imagine any of our listeners don't already follow you, but if you don't, like, what are you doing? Go follow Gav Sutton, man. Gabriel, thank you so much, man. Uh, it's a pleasure, Nathan.
welcome back to the pod, our old friend from the GasCast podcast and blog, Mad Max Alderson, aka the Gas Man. Max, welcome back. How has your summer been? It's been great, thanks. Yeah, how's your summer been? You know, uh, two fellow promoted sides. I think the, the summer after yeah. being promoted is just uh, kick back, relax, and just... Um, you enjoy reminiscing in what's just been, but um, yeah, it's been great for me. How, how have you guys enjoyed it? You done celebrating or still going? No, we're going to be celebrating forever that season. It doesn't matter when it's passe, when it's untoward to do so, we're still going to be celebrating. And the afterglow of promotion has fried our city. It's like been insanely hot in New York City the past week. So we're going to credit Forest Green Rovers for that. <laughs> what do you think of your chances <laughs> of staying up though, Max? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about uh, relegation, to be honest. I think we've retained a lot of the core of the side who got promoted. The only ones missing are Elliot Anderson and Connor Taylor. Um, so left winger and centre-back. But the rest of the side, you know, the, the spine is still there. Um, we've kept Anthony Evans, our star man, on, on a new three-year contract. We signed James Connolly, who we had on loan last year from Cardiff. We signed him on a permanent. So we're retaining that core of the side that... that um, that we're doing so well, and in pre-season, I'm, I'm start, you know, I'm seeing the same things I saw at the end of last season, the same patterns of play, the same methods of attack, and the the attitude of the squad seems to still be bang on. So I think we want to very much carry on our momentum. Um, we are first in the form table since Christmas last year, mm, right. um, and we're driving into this season and, and wanting to use that to propel us as far up the league as we can. And um, no, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Well, let's hope we put a damper on that optimism on Saturday. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned Elliot Anderson. Actually, I'll talk about him in a second, uh, who's no longer with you, but he's with me forever. Actually, I'll talk about him now because uh, somehow I ended up with this match-worn jersey, jersey this match-worn uh, shirt yeah. after the after the game. <laughs> if I were home, unfortunately, I'm at work right now. If I were home, I would show you, but I had Elliot Anderson's match-worn kit from that Fantastic. game. Uh, so we move up to League One for the first time ever with new opportunities to explore new grounds like and, and take on these giants, you know, like... Ipswich Town, Derby County, Sheffield Wednesday. And who is our opening match? None other than our old friends, Bristol Rovers, this Saturday at the Mem. Uh, I'm sure the feeling is mutual, Max. How disappointing is it to open your League One campaign against the likes of us? Not at all for me. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think it's probably the perfect litmus test mm. um, between the two sides to see who's improved most over the summer, who's who's like prepped themselves better for the challenge of, of um, League One. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good, a good uh, heated affair. And I'm looking forward to it. I was actually quite pleased. Um, I wouldn't say it's an easier game because there are no easy games at the level, but it's, it's you know, it's a side who have come mm. up with us. Um, Familiar. Familiarities. Yeah. And who had a League Two squad last season and have had to try and build something for League One this season rather than a side who have been in League One for a few seasons and stabilised. Um, but it's by no means an easy game. You guys went up as champions, so a lot of momentum there and, and uh, you'll, you'll want to stamp your mark on um, League One as well. So it's going to be a difficult game, but I, I'm, I was actually quite pleased that, that we got we got you guys because like I say, it'll be a good barometer of where each side are and, and how we can maybe expect to fare in the early part of the season. Yeah, Great to way to form really, yeah. Former League Two buddies hand-holding in, in League <laughs> That's One. That's right. And I take the That's step right. up. But I think, yeah, your phrase was perfect there, Max. I think it is a litmus test. And you, know, you talked about your continuity of 
um, the core players and with Barton staying on. Uh, but for us, we have a new manager. So I think it's going to be a real litmus test. Like, and we a ton feel of like new what players, it, too. A ton of new players. So for we us, no like, what what's in store? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I've seen you guys. You obviously lost Cadden and... Yeah. Um, and, and Ibu Adams and, and Kane, um, Wilson. Kane Wilson's gone to yeah. the other side of Bristol. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So, um, yes, yeah. three, three, probably three of your better players, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, n- not in the side, but you're not alone in that. You know, Rovers, we don't have Elliot Anderson now, who was our, our main man, and Connor Taylor at centre back gone. But I am confident with, with uh, Anthony Evans in the middle of the park that, that we can still, um, can still cause teams problems. Yeah, I mean, Nathan mentioned, he, he, I think he misspoke. He said Elliot Anderson's kit, but he actually brought Elliot Anderson over. That's what he meant to say. He's with right. us now in New York City. That's right. So, <laughs> starting a new life. <laughs> uh, so you have been in League One before, uh, Max. Yes. We haven't. Best League One away day and worst League One away day. It depends what you look for in an away day. I, Quite oddly, I really like Wickham. Um, Let's go! <laughs> that's, the, that's the one we're going to. We're going to Wickham. Perfect. It's been a few years since I've, I've been to Wickham. It, it has been a while, but um, the last time I went, they had this beer tent, which was just like, this huge uh, marquee with a bar inside, and they did uh, like massive hot dogs with bratwurst and um, like jalapenos in, and they were just amazing. So for like food and beer, I, I really like Wickham, even though the ground itself is like in an industrial trading estate. Um, and like, <laughs> yes. ha- like one of the ends is half in a forest. It's really like strange looking. You'll see when you go there. Yeah. So I, I quite like that and it's quite close, but um, I, you know, I'll obviously look forward to the big ones like Sheffield Wednesday and, mm-hmm. and Derby County two games. I'm, I'm really looking forward to going to, but um, there's, a, there's another one as well in Cheltenham town who, Rovers haven't been in the same league as Cheltenham since um, 2012. So 10 years since we've been in the same league. They go down when we go up and we go up when they go down and we've just dodged each other for 10 years. But it's a very, very local game. So Yeah, our um, little brother. Our little brother. Yeah, but it's, it's always a heated... I know it's quite heated between your two sides, El Glossico, yeah. but um, for Rovers and Cheltenham, they've, they've had a, a bit of a rivalry over the years as well. So I'm looking forward to going back there after 10 years and, and seeing how we do. Nice, nice. Well, speaking of away days, Sham and I had the best away day ever at the <laughs> Mem with you and Crystal Rovers. It was yes. awesome. It is such yeah. a special place for us. It's we thought the beer we... and the live music was incredible that day. The atmosphere oh, yeah. of the place was, was really something thrilling. It was, it was awesome. And everyone was so friendly, so kind. Oh, almost everyone. We almost did get beat up on the wet walk-in. <laughs> but apart from that one guy, <laughs> everyone was so friendly and so kind. Uh, and it's also a special place because it's where we got, you know, secured promotion for the first time. We adore our time in Bristol. The Gloucester Road Pub Crawl crawl was amazing. Vegan food all over the place, amazing. Yeah. The town was awesome. Um, so yeah, we just lo- Bristol was amazing. Uh, and Although we did encounter too- a taxi driver, we did encounter one taxi driver. Oh yeah, an old didn't, school guy. Who's it? Old school guy. Yeah, who who seemed <laughs> to for driving around Bristol seemed to really hate it. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> He, did. he like, hated yeah, the, the scooters, yeah. he hated the bikes, yeah. he hated, he hated, like he hated the young people. Anyway, and that's what you think about. That's what you think about, Chris. You think about young people, like the art. He's like, yeah, this all yeah. sucks. It should, should change cities then, shouldn't it, if he doesn't like it? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the Mem, too, was just a classic, cool, like, lower league ground. It was, it was awesome. And I know because I drunkenly explored every corner of that pitch, <laughs> uh, including the dressing rooms. Um, uh, but anyway, kind of on that, on that, on that note, uh, the security was so poor that they let <laughs> they just let me wander around everywhere. Um, and we know that there are a few incidents at the Mem. 
uh, both in our the game we played, and I think the game that you guys you guys got promoted as well. Yes. Um, and so the men's going to be at reduced capacity. Is that right? That's right. Yes. I think it was because two consecutive home games we had pitch invasions. Firstly, against yourselves. Because um, you were promoted, and then a few fans took exception to that, and the St. George Knights. Yeah, the St. George yeah. Knights ran All on. All time moment. A few, a few other, a few other Muppets running on the pitch, <laughs> thinking then they had to somehow like defend their hallowed ground, realm, um, yeah, rather than let a team just enjoy their promotion. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the next, obviously, the next week um, when we scored the seventh goal, I think about 800, 900 fans ran on the pitch. Yeah, the that one though, goal, who can which, blame you? Yeah, 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 you can't, can't blame you. When you score seven goals, when you need seven yeah. goals, and you're exactly. not, except not celebrate. But there were that a one's... few idiots who, like, I think, like, threw a few punches at Scunthorpe oh. players. It's, it's been happening up and down the country. It's not just us, yeah. but um, yeah. not to not to excuse it. But there, yeah. you know, it's happened at pretty much all the playoff games, I think, and all the pitch invasions. So, yeah, it's just it's just bad that there's one or two idiots ruining it for the rest of us, really. Right. Um, but but how, uh, how do you think it's going to impact the atmosphere at all on the on opening day? Um, not too much. I think the capacity is going to only reduce by a small amount. So it'll probably be about 80% capacity, but the, the Thatcher's end will still be rocking and I'm sure the ground will be buzzing. We've, we've sold a record amount of season tickets this year. Um, wow. We've, yeah, the momentum at the club is huge now and, and fans really wanting to be part of uh, this, this new campaign and, and because so many so many games sold out towards the tail end of last season that a lot of fans aren't wanting to miss out on the big games. So have secured themselves season tickets when maybe they were just um, didn't have them before. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be busy. It's going to be a good atmosphere, and I'm I'm looking forward to being back in the Thatcher's Terrace and uh, some more jubilant scenes. I hope this year. Love it, love it. Uh, so for our first match slash team question, James Belshaw. It's our guy. Is he still your starting Main keeper? Man. Yes, yeah, still the number one. Bristol's number one. Um, been given the the keys to the city pretty much after after winning promotion and um, yeah he, he's a he's a really good professional and him and Ansi Yakola will obviously uh, the competition between them will still be high. Yakola was our keeper in League One before we got relegated and he was fantastic, but Belshaw's um, Belshaw's just the main man at the minute and I think the two of them drive the standards quite hard and um, yeah looking forward to seeing um, both of them between the sticks this season hopefully um, it'll drive the standards even higher love Belshaw man we gave him the keys yeah, yeah. to our podcast but he, he returned yes. them uh, <laughs> yeah he returned them he, yeah you mentioned he's a great professional he's also great at dealing with unprofessionals such as Nick that's right so, yeah, all around he came on our pod yeah. in June I think I told you Max it was awesome he, to take part in a joke about one of our fans and it, it was just so cool so humble so funny and after yeah. that man I'm a James Belshaw fan for yeah, life yeah. so I'm hoping that in that one game when, uh, or, well, yeah, I guess on Saturday, I'm, I'm hoping our fans take it easy on him a little bit because he's, he's such a great dude. Anyway, uh, speaking of, well, maybe not great dudes, uh, Joey Barton, <laughs> divisive yes. coach. Uh, seems like he was a great manager on the pitch by the end of last season, but maybe not so much off of it. I don't know. Any news there? And are you still, how do, what are your thoughts on Joey Barton at this point? It's very difficult because, like I said, a lot of us have had to try and, <clears throat> excuse me, separate the man from the manager. Um, mm-hmm. And he does still have um, a court case due, uh, which has been pushed back to October now. Um, and I think the club and him just want that out of the way now. I think it's been going on long enough and they want an answer one way or another. Um, so we can all kind of put it behind us. Um, it is still a bit of a cloud over the club at the minute with that. and. I think most fans have been able to push it 
to the back of their minds or away or look over it because the good times are here and um, we just want them to keep coming. But um, for myself, it, it is still a very serious, serious issue. Um, and I won't be fully satisfied and I won't even be fully confident um, getting behind him uh, to my uh, to my fullest ability to until that is resolved, um, until we have an answer on that. Because morally, I just don't feel until I know what the verdict of, of the and the outcome of that court case is, um, it, it just doesn't sit right with me. Um, but I will still I will say he's a, he's a fantastic manager and he, he's done a great job. Um, and I like a lot of what he says and he he's doing a good job. He's doing a great job and I hope he can continue doing a great job. Um, but yeah, that is something that I think we all just want um, over and done with him and behind us, to be honest. Yeah, and up yeah. and down football, that's what you see, right? Like we have incredibly gifted players, incredibly motivating managers, but off the pitch, they're regular human beings with many, many faults and not always the best people. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, do you think, you know, keeping it, into the professional stuff on the pitch do you think joey barton has what it takes to keep bristol up and succeed and excel within league one you think definitely. he has the chops yeah definitely i think he's he start. he had a bit of a rough start with us obviously i i wanted him gone by christmas because we were <laughs> 16th but um he's very shrewd in the transfer market um he he's really developed his managerial style he liked to play 3-4-3 um quite heavily that was his primary tactic in his formation the way he likes to play the game but he's now changed to, to a 4-3-3 man which has brought him great success and he's looking to develop that this season we've um, done away with wingers and instead we're now playing wide strikers in the wing positions playing off of a, a central man so we'll see how that goes for us this season he's, he's obviously tried to um, take what worked last season and try and improve on it by um because those wingers in our formation last season they did get into great goal scoring positions but didn't have the finishing ability to put away the chances so it'd be interesting to see how we do this year with with strikers out in those wide positions either side of John Marquis and um we've got two really good forward thinking fullbacks now to kind of provide good width so I'm looking forward to seeing how he how he's improved on last year's tactic and he, he is a very good tactical mind um, and yeah, he wants to manage in the Premier League and to do that, he has to get there. You know, I really don't believe in managers who take shortcuts to do it. You know, I've seen the likes of Ben Garner, who was manager at Rovers previously. He was at Swindon last year, didn't get promoted with them. They lost in the playoffs and then he's jumped up to um, to Charlton Athletic and taken half his squad with him. So it's almost like he's, he's jumped that hurdle without actually achieving... Uh, what he needed to do to make the next step and mm -hmm. for, for me joe joe barton can't do that he has to he has to climb his way up be that with us or with someone else um he has to he has to get to climb that ladder to the premier league where he wants to be and hopefully we can be part of that journey yeah love that he hit kind of a sore spot though with uh managers leaving the <laughs> club and yeah. jumping up a few levels yeah. but anyway yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll move on we'll move on so let's close out here <laughs> prediction time we have five predictions we want you to make uh for saturday okay. first prediction What's the weather going to be? <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be quite grey, although I haven't looked at the forecast. Probably, I'm going to say about 20 degrees, scattered scattered sunshine. <laughs> um, yeah, certainly not as hot as it's been in the last week. All right, done. Take that to the bank. Uh, what's going to be the score and why? The score is going to be Bristol Rovers 3, Forest Green 1. Um, because... Why? I do think that you guys have had a lot of transition. You've got a lot of new players, new manager, new system. Um, it's all going to be 
new. It might be time to gel, as always with these te- with these cases. But there could be a surprise or two. I, I am anticipating you guys to, to cause us some threat, so I'm expecting a goal. But I think your form in the form table from last season and is you. I think you're about 12th or 13th in the form yeah. table. <laughs> At the end of the year, Jamil Matt's not yeah. scored too many since last Christmas either. I think only one or two goals for him. So with Stevens out as well, I'm I, I'm questioning where your goals are coming from. Um, and like I said, you're losing those three key creative players in Adams, Cadden and um, and Wilson. Uh, it's it's going to be, yeah, I think it, it's going to be difficult for the new lads to kind of adjust quickly and, and, and attack and, and win the game. But I could be wrong. But I, I just feel Rovers, the momentum's with us. We, we looked really good in pre-season. I know you can't judge much on that, but against Stoke City, championship side, we beat them 2-0, could have been 3 really good attacking play and I, I just think the patterns of play that we had at the end of last season we will carry through to this year and, and cause you guys problems and we've only won once on the opening day in 17 years so I'm hoping we can oh, get a wow. second wow. Uh, yeah, there's a stat for you I would say you're due for it but you're not due for it and you're wrong about Jamil Matt he, we lit a fire under him He's, he, that's been burning all summer he's going to come out and get a hat trick because we had him on our very last podcast, actually, before we did a little summer break for our award show. And in an upset of all upsets, he lost the award. It was called Matt of the Year. Uh, we had him, we had Matty Stevens, and then we had this this uh, other guy named Matt, who's just a fan from Scotland. And the the guy from Scotland won Matt of the Year. So he's been, he's been, yeah, uh, Jamma has been unseated. He is, he's got a fire on him. He's, he's determined this season to get that back. Anyway, all right, first goal score for you. First goal scorer, I'm going to go with John Marquis, new striker we've signed, uh, really good pressing forward, a lot of goals at this level, knows where the net is, I think an early chance is going to drop to him and um, I think with his experience he's going to tuck it away. All right, man of the match for you. Man of the match, I'm going to go Anthony Evans, Um, I think he's our primary creator and if, if we do win, I think he's going to be at the heart of everything, so it just seems a safe bet. All right, Sean, give him the last prediction. And it, and obviously the most important question we save for last, in honor of our visit to the men last April in the season, who do you think is going to be the man of the men? And what that means is the individual you think is going to be led away by stewards or authorities from the Blackthorn Inn on Saturday, because that's the most enduring image I have is Nathan wandering a deserted and empty <laughs> stand and then politely being guided away by a steward. <laughs> so, who's going to be the man of the men? The, the person who was going to be escorted from the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably going to be one of the fans who's maybe not quite adjusted to the new season yet and has drank a bit too much. And, uh, okay, fair a bit too you don't rowdy. think it's going to be any more nights? No more nights? No, I don't think there's going to be nights. Um, uh, okay. I think they're, be they're, yeah, they're on a crusade to the East Midlands, right? Yeah, not the Middle yeah. East, but the Middle <laughs> East Midlands. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Perfect. Max! Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have you on. Max Alderson from the Gas Cast podcast. Man, I'm so happy that you guys came up with us because I've loved having you on the podcast. Uh, last year, we did it twice. This year, hopefully, we'll do it again twice. Yeah, uh, we met in person. That was incredible. Yeah, we met you in person. It was yeah, awesome. I can't wait for that to happen again, too. You know? Yeah, right. that'll be great. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Best of luck this season. Worst of luck is always on Saturday, but best of luck this season, Max. <laughs> Thank you so much. Max, we will see you soon. See you guys. Take care. Thank you. Take care. See you, Max. Cheers. All right. Let's close out there, Shimmy. Uh, Cannot wait. 
first match on Saturday. If I'm not feeling sick, I will join you guys at our FGR NYC bar called yeah. the Fox. Um, all positive Shibby, energy to you, Nathan. Yeah, all positive energy Thank that you, you feel better. We need you. We need the support off the off the jump. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I need I need to get there. I need to get better. So I'm gonna rest up the rest of the day and get better. All right, Shimmy, give me your prediction for Saturday, and then we'll go. Right. It's gonna be FGR. Three to two. I have a feeling it's going to be a goal fest. I know we've str Ooh. the predictions we're going to struggle for goals, but I have a feeling we're just going to come out of the gate. Jamma is going to going to want to do that. Margie's going to get on the score sheet. Three to two. FGR. I 100% agree with you, Shimmy. Uh, it's going to be a goal fest. Our strikers are going to prove the doubters wrong. Seven nil to four screen rovers, just like Bristol Rovers had seven nil to get up. We're going seven nil. We got a Jamma goal. We got a Margie goal. Before. It's happened at the Mem before. It's happened at the Mem Exactly. We got to dig a David Davis goal. And then whatever, however many, I don't know the math, whatever goals are left, they're all Dumbledore. went to the Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get out of here, Shimmy. Up the Vegan Rovers. Up the Vegan Rovers. We are FGR, the League One FGR. League One FGR. And you know we got a... Ray. 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 Oh, okay. Nathan, uh, oh, Nathan is... Uh, I can't do that one when sick. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, all right. We'll see you all next week. I cannot wait Looking to get this season to going. Let's go, guys. New season. Let's, let's get go, it guys. Done. Love it. Bye, everybody. Bye.